You're listening to Do You Hear That? A podcast about birds, hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul Lamar. We're bird enthusiasts, not bird experts. I have a dentist appointment in about two hours, but for the last two weeks, I've been eating Werther's Originals, those little like caramel candies. But when I eat those, I just like to like crunch down on them. And literally I've eaten two bags. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second, Paul, 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 Paul. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? What is that? It's a really sweet sounding bird. It is sweet. It sounds like the beginning of spring to me. Yeah. Ah, there it is. What is that? That is the tufted titmouse. The tufted titmouse. That's a funny name. It is a funny name. There's something both about the word titmouse and tufted. Yeah. You know, looking at this bird, the name makes sense for some reason. It's got a tufted titmouse. Yeah. It's kind of got a mousy look to it. Yeah. And that that tuft. But hold on. I need to say the scientific name for people who only follow this podcast for the science. Yeah. That is like 70% of our audience. Yeah, exactly. They need to know just because they went to school and they studied all of these birds and tufted titmouse means nothing to them. They need to hear the scientific name, which is Baolophus bicolor. Bicolor? Baolophus. Do you know what that translates to? Yeah. Um, no. I mean, well, so th- I think that says more, the bicolor says more about the bird than the tufted titmouse. But does bicolor mean two colors? Yeah. And there's kind of three colors, but maybe white doesn't count as a color. Yeah. Hmm. There's four colors, actually. Yeah. There's some black on there, too. Yeah. Black, white, blue, and orange. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. That name, the first one, Baelophus, translates to small crested. Ah, it's a better name. And then bicolor just means two color. You're right. Which that's odd because there's more than two colors going on here. I think the black and white aren't considered colors. Okay. So just the, you're calling that blue, not gray? Well... Blue, gray, yeah. Like, I guess there's like a blue French bulldog. Let's get into it. Describe the bird. This bird is one of the cutest birds we've ever seen. Totally. Its little crest is so cute, and it has the tiniest beak I've ever seen on a bird, I swear. It's so small. Yeah, it's a tiny bird. The smallest a bird can get. It's bigger than the chipping sparrow. Oh, really? But it's in that size area, which is small. It's small. Super small. Yeah. But it just like it has these big eyes that make it look, I think, extra cute. It looks like it's just like a little guy like jumping around. Yeah. And I really like the colors on this bird. Yeah. The scheme. The gray is sort of like a nice slate gray. Exactly. And that's what has a little blue in it. So depending on the light. I like calling it blue, even though it is gray. It's it's blue. This bird, similar to the great crested flycatcher has a almost perfect gradient in its feathers. Right. As it changes colors. It's so fascinating how that happens, because if you can imagine how each feather, if you were to pluck them, they would all be slightly different, but they all work so perfectly to create this pattern. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it has a little black patch right above its 
beak sort of in between its eyes. And I read somewhere that this bird used to be called the black crested titmouse, or maybe there's another bird called that. Oh, there is another bird called that, which I've never seen. They've hybridized or something. Right. And now they're considered two species. Wow. It's a little complicated. I think I was reading that and I just skipped it. Yeah, because it was too hard to understand. Yeah. This bird can be found anywhere on the East Coast from all the way down in Florida, maybe not quite as far as Miami. Maybe it stops at like West Palm Beach and then goes all the way up to the border of Canada, but really doesn't even go into Canada at all. It is like almost an entirely American bird. And it doesn't migrate. Yeah, it doesn't migrate. So I see this bird all year round, although it gets quiet in the winter. I don't know what they do. Maybe they do go a little a ways Mm -hmm. because I don't hear them. But that sound, that that sound we were hearing, and we're hearing it right now, it goes like, Peter, 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 Mm -hmm. Peter, Peter, Peter. And that sound in in the spring... It's one of the first birds you really start to hear and you're like, it's coming. Wow. Winter's almost done. It's very nice and hangs around, always at the feeders, around the feeder at my house. But then it just, it bounces for a bit. I didn't see it. And only just a few days ago, I was hearing it again mm. and it came back. So maybe maybe that's during the time when they're just nesting or something. Mm-hmm. That's why they split for a bit. But yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. I like its little call. I read that it will whistle that Peter, Peter, Peter 20 different ways. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. This is a bird where you hear it so much because it is super common, especially where I am, that you'll hear the sound and you're like, I know that bird. And then you use your Merlin ID sound app and you're like, oh yes, of course it's a tufted titmouse, but it has a bunch of different sounds. You might remember that Peter, 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 but then they have another call and another one. So they can confuse you. It's not like the indigo bunting, which was hanging around here for a while, which is only does that one thing. Maybe it has another call sometimes, like flying or something, mm-hmm. but there's only just one sound. Right. This one has a whole suite of musical numbers that it can perform and trick you with. That is impressive. And it is called a songbird. Yeah, it does sing those songs. It nests in uh, trees, by the way. That's cool. Yeah, it likes to go in holes in trees, which when I was reading something about this, they were like, this is why you shouldn't cut down dead trees. Oh, wow. Because there's birds living in there. Exactly. You're taking away their homes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Another reason why we shouldn't be killing the the world. Yeah, you just got to let nature do its thing. But we are nature. Are we nature? I think that we aren't anymore. Or maybe we are. Hmm. That's an interesting debate. Because if if we're just going to let nature do its thing, then we just got to do our thing. Yeah, you're right. And if that tree is going to fall on my house, whose house is more important? I think the tufted titmouse is more important. Fair. I mean, look at this little guy. One fact that was amusing to me is what this bird eats. It eats a lot of things, berries, nuts, seeds, small fruits, insects, but it especially loves caterpillars. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. And again, I'm wondering like how many people have seen the tufted titmouse eating caterpillars where they were like, we should add this to the Wikipedia page. They love 
caterpillars. Who doesn't, really? <laughs> Did you know that there is an animated production house called Titmouse? No, I didn't know that. This is the first time I've ever even heard that word, Titmouse, was I had a friend who's a motion graphics guy, mm-hmm. and he got a job at Titmouse, and he's like, I got a job at Titmouse. So I always just thought Titmouse was just the name of some cartoon company. They make the show Metalocalypse. Oh, Metalocalypse? Yeah. Nice. A bunch of shows. It's a big thing. And in their logo, in the O, the negative space of the O is a titmouse bird. Wow, that's cool. I wonder what the story is there. Like, are they big birders? Big bird fan. You'd be surprised how many people are sort of secret bird watchers or something. You'll meet people who just don't care about birds at all. Yeah. They think every bird's a crow. Or a pigeon. Right, 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 right. And then you have some and they're like, oh yeah, I've been birding with my grandfather since I was born and he gave me his binoculars. That would be amazing. I wish I had binoculars. Yeah, maybe we should buy binoculars. Should we add them to the store, the merch store? Oh yeah, the official branded, do you hear that, goggles? We could just have our faces like in the glass so that when you look through there's always an obstruction or it's the eye cover the cups that cover it yeah yeah on the left is you and on the right is me that would be cool um subscribe to the patreon for more bird merch super fun fact my favorite fun fact how old does the tip mouse live well one was found that was at least 13 years three months old wow it was banded in virginia in 1962 and found in the same state in 1974 see that's like a 40-year-old fact that nobody has bothered to update. This seems to be a trend. Maybe the birds are just not staying around for that long. Maybe they banded one and it's like right now it's like 15 years old and it just hasn't died yet. Oh, they're waiting. Because aren't all of those facts like they say how old it was when it died? Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe there's just a big gap of time where we weren't doing that. Now we're doing it again. We're just waiting. And there's going to be a big update. It would be nice to know how old it is now. Like, let us know when it was banded and then we can do the math and figure it out. Right. You could be like, it's at least 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The tufted titmouse often line the inner cup of their nests with hair, sometimes plucked directly from living animals. So, you know, raccoons, opossums, mice, even humans. Sometimes... Uh, I'll brush my cat and get a lot of fur off and I don't throw it away. I throw it outside and hope that an animal will use it for their nest. That's really, really sweet of you. Thank you. Does your cat listen to the podcast? You know, I haven't put it on for her, but we were thinking about doing a cat mix. Yeah. I've heard a lot of cats love the show and I think the cat mix would be a good idea for the audience that may be confused about what the cat mix is. It's the same show it's just our voices are at the volume of the bird sounds and the bird sounds are at the volume of our voices so it's just primarily bird sounds with two guys talking in the background right so you just cue it up for the whole day that you're out yeah and play it for your cat do you think that would be good i feel like maybe there's some torture element involved there (laughs) i'm conflicted about this i think it would be so stimulating for the cats because they would have no idea where these bird sounds are coming from and maybe they figure out it's coming from a speaker or phone or something but there's nothing they can do about it yeah that's scary imagine being a human in that circumstance um you're locked in a house you can't get out (laughs) there's a sound of human voices playing that you don't know where it's coming from yeah 
Let's do it. I'm sure it'll be huge. Yeah, I think we should do it. Yeah, because my mom's cat, like the cat I grew up with, he'll listen to the show with her. He just sits there and listens. Wow. And Julia's cat is the same thing. That's so cool. Because it's the bird sounds and cats love birds. They estimate there are approximately 8 million tufted titmasses in the United States. That's a lot. Millions. There's more birds than people. That is scary. What if one day the birds revolted against the people? I think that might happen. Starting with the geese. The geese for sure. They've been laying the plans for a while now. Yeah. The geese. What other bird would would be like ahead of that? I recently saw something on Twitter. I I think it was like a, a totally false article, but it was an interesting idea that there was some crow or something that's figured out how to like communicate. Oh yeah. Crows are great. They remember faces and if you wrong them, they will fuck with you. That's terrifying. But if you write them, they will bring you gifts. Wow. I've tried to befriend crows. They're tough, but I'm working on it. Wow. I love crows. We'll definitely do the crow eventually. How do you befriend a crow? You give them food. Oh. It's just all about food. Oh, well, I'm excited for that crow episode. So let's do it. Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's put the Tufted Titmouse up on the five Peter scale. I got to give it a five. Five Peters. Five Peters. I agree. It's a five Peter bird. Wait, there was one fact that I wanted to say. Okay, what is it? The Tufted Titmouse demonstrates curiosity regarding humans and will sometimes perch on a window ledge and just look into someone's house. Mm. Has that ever happened to you? I don't think so. Oh, well, it happens to a lot of people enough that they've posted about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, you know, anyone can edit this website, right? Wait, really? I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Do you hear that? Is hosted by Noah Kalina and Paul O'Mara. Edited and engineered by Paul. Music also by Paul. Noah last spotted a tufted titmouse on May 6th, 2022. Follow us on Twitter at TheBestBirdPod and support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash do you hear that. Episode art images sourced from the Library of Congress, ambient bird sounds by Noah Kalina, and additional bird sounds from macaulaylibrary.org.